get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. The very different segment than questions and answers. Ask us anything. Oh. is coming up here in about 10 minutes anything. or so. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line to get involved in those. But right now, I am always happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend Mike McKenna, the former NHL goalie, now NHL analyst for the Daily Faceoff. Mike, we always appreciate the time, my man. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. If I can ask you guys anything, I want to lead off right with that. And I want to know, what is the airspeed of an unladen swallow? Um, you, sir, did not just speak English. I know you say <laughs> that you did, uh, but that was not a question that was termed to us in English, and I don't speak French. You, know, you know, Mike, Somebody, I know that it's here's argu- the thing. Somebody out there listening is going, that's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and they're asking, is it an African or a European swallow? I thought maybe you guys would pick up on it. I stumped you. I'm going to be honest with you. Morning. Let's roll. I have That's never a good way to start. seen Monty, Monty Python. Moment of truth for me. I have never seen My Monty goodness. Python in the Holy Grail. You know, Mike, I, I, wow. I believe if I'm not mistaken by, uh, by this, I think it's around 24 miles per hour or 11 meters <laughs> per second. Just uh-huh. throwing that out there. It's an acceptable answer for speaking of a European swallow. The, 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 the only quote that line. I know from that is, uh, "Tis but a flesh wound." That that is the one that I would recognize. That's from Rocky. <laughs> it's from Rocky. Okay. Well, similar, a, l- a little. Mick different. said that to Rock after uh, Clubber Lang. Come on, man, get, get those better. Mike, uh, <laughs> let's start out with this. Speaking of flesh wounds, the Blues had one last night. That was an ugly, yeah. ugly performance in Montreal. Nice transition. Can, can you explain to me, why does it seem like the Blues, of late at least, seem to be playing down to their competition a bit? And especially last night, but it's, it's been a little bit of a trend. They seem to be getting off to really slow starts in some of these games. Do, do you have anything that you can put your finger on as to why? You know, if we're looking for the greater trend for this, it's hard to say because you have seen it. The Blues have been slow to start, and I think Billy Husso's bailed them out a decent amount of times this year. Early in the season, Bennington did. It has been something that the team needs to be better on, no doubt about it. But I think really last night's game was kind of a culmination of going into Canada and playing against clubs where you're not seeing fans in the building. And I know it's only two games, but... They, they went into Ottawa, they rolled Ottawa, but there's no fans, there's no atmosphere, and then you come into Montreal, and it's kind of one of those trap games where you're trying not to look past that to Toronto tomorrow night, 
you know, you're thinking, well, maybe we can sleepwalk through this one a little bit against Montreal. Well, no, you can't. It's still the NHL. It just didn't feel like there was any vibe in the building. And Montreal's been used to that as bad as they've been. It felt like the Blues have, didn't know how to handle that. And, and I think kind of that goes the other way, even for those Canadian teams. There was a stretch where I thought Toronto, when they lost their fans at home and when they went on the road, just didn't look good because they didn't know how to handle the moment with fans again. So I think that kind of plays into it a little bit for me. Um, I'm not really sure if that's going to play tomorrow night against Toronto, but especially last night, I think if we just look at it on the micro level, that's what it is to me, but man, they got to start better and they got to push the pace. Like the best thing that can happen for the blues isn't necessarily to score early. It's to, it's to create power plays early, to be hard on teams and, and try to force a chance to be, to, to take the game to them. You know, that didn't happen. The Blues were in the box right away last night. Four minutes in, Bortuzzo's in the box. And then they're in the box two more times in the first period. That's not a recipe for winning hockey, especially on the road. You know, Mike, I mentioned this at the open of our show, and it's a it's a concern, but it's not an area that I feel like is an area that's really going to continue to bother this team. But, you know, you look at the trend this season and they have played down to those those teams but even against top teams it feels like we look at the game and we're like man there's no energy there's just no there's no push from this blues team now maybe they get it in the second or third period but they don't start off that way and it usually comes back to bite them is that from a player's perspective is that more just in the locker room of just guys just not being ready to bring that energy right away somewhat but i you know i also think it's just a factor of how the Blues of how many different line combinations have we seen for the Blues this year? A lot, realistically, Pretty right? Much every other game, it is, and that's not that's not on Craig Berube. That's on situations. You know, like you've got players in and out with injury, with COVID. It's been a crazy year like that. I think that matters when you step out on the ice and you've got three players that you can start the game with that you know what you're going to get. They're going to get the puck into the offensive zone, lay a couple hits, try to get a shot on goal, and force the issue. The Blues, to me, haven't had that go-to line, that go-to three players all season long that they can do that with. And, and I'll give you a great reference point on this because it covered the Vegas Golden Knights for two years, but I think of how Pete DeBoer would start games with Ryan Reeves, Tomas Nosek, and Will Carrier, fourth-line guys, but you knew what you were getting right off the bat. The and Blues they were had that in the cup job. run. Right, and yeah, so that that's where... Changed. Yeah, and that's where I'd like to see you know, the Blues hopefully have some continuity in their lines and be able to have a group that you know will go out there and get you possession right off the bat and then have a follow-up shift. It's not just about the first shift. It's about what you do after that. Try to push the pace. Try to grab a shot on goal. Try to get the other team to chase and get in the box. That's mattered. But it is in the room. I mean, you, you have to look to your teammates and say, we've got to start better. You know, we've got to go right from the beginning here and get your legs going. That's sometimes a chore on the road. But, I mean, the Blues are capable of it. They just haven't seen it consistently enough this year. We're talking to Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie, joining us here on BK and Ferrario. It's interesting you mentioned that, Mike, because I did want to ask you about the combinations. Is there one combination, and I'm not trying to put you into Craig Burby's shoes, but is there one combination (laughs) you've seen this year 
that you've really liked? Because for me, the, the one that I saw that I was like, oh, I, I kind of like the way that that looks was Brandon Saad with Robert Thomas and then either Kairou or Tarasenko. I think either could work on that right wing. But I, I really liked the, the way that that worked because you've got Saad who goes to the front of the net. You've got a shooter in either Tarasenko or Kairou. And then you got Thomas, who's just a, a tremendous dis- distributor of the puck. Is there a combination that you've seen that you think maybe, oh, okay, that could be the go-to line? I, I have a hard time seeing Kyrou and Thomas split up. That's the hard one for me. And whoever you put with those two, you can expect them to be up and down the wing. But they have such chemistry together. And I know they can play power play, but the ice is so much wider with them on the ice, and the game's so much faster. And I think the Blues have the depth to be able to spread out and let those two play together when you want. Um you know, the thing about the Blues is that they've got so much strength on the right side. Kairou, Tarasenko, Perron, like, and, and there's a lot there. You know, even Sunquist can play that side. So uh, I think that it's kind of finding that combination. You know, like, where's David Perron fit in right now with the club? You know, he, it's almost like he's fallen down the pecking order when I'd like to see him going again. I'd like to see him back with Ryan O'Reilly. But where does that leave Tarasenko? So, it is a tough mix like that. I, I really think that Thomas and Kyrie together, and man, I really liked when the, the three Russians were playing together. I liked Bushnevich, Barbashev, and Tarasenko together. I know you could call that maybe a third line, but I don't think that's the case. I think that the Blues could roll three lines almost with, with even numbers and even amount of time on the ice and have strength to it. So um, I'd like to see Perron back with O'Reilly. I'd like to see Kyrie and Thomas together at all times. Um, and wherever Saad and Shen fit in that mix, I love Saad's game. I love what you said about him going to the front of the net, um, but he's versatile. He can fit in wherever it is. Mike, um, Frank Saravalli, your coworker with Daily Faceoff, you know, he kind of set St. Louis ablaze a couple of days ago with the reports of the Blues possibly being interested in Claude Giroux. And I'm not going to ask you about trade speculation, but what, what I do want to find out is you played with Claude Giroux, if I'm not mistaken, for a short time when you were in mm-hmm. Philly. What kind of player is he, and do you feel like the Blues are lacking defense, but do you feel like a guy like Claude Giroux could help this team? Well, Claude Giroux can help any team in terms of his production and the leadership he brings in and experience. But I don't know where he fits within the Blues team, especially at full health, because, again, Giroux has really played on the right side for the last several years, more than he has down the middle at center. And the Blues have plenty of players on the right side. And they're pretty stacked down the middle, honestly. Like, I don't see Claude Giroux coming in to be a fourth-line center or even a third-line center. You know, Are you going to push Barbashev down to the fourth line? I, I don't see that either. I'm not sure the fit from a perspective of the personnel of the Blues. Now, the coaching staff, Barube, clearly that'd be a good fit. And, I, and he would help wherever you slot him. But I don't know how much better he would make the team. I think you'd almost be putting a square peg in a round hole. Now, defensively, that's where I think, yes, the Blues are going to need more depth there. I, you know, when I watch Jake Wallman, man, I just think he's right on the edge. I love how he skates. I think, man, something's good is going to happen here. And you get to the blue line, you get to the red line, and the puck gets lost and nothing happens. You know, I, I keep waiting for that breakout game. Maybe he's not quite ready for the big stage in playoffs. You hope he is, but you start looking at left-handed defensemen that are potentially available from Chikrin to Sherratt to Giordano. I don't think Chikrin's going to be available for the Blues. I think it's going to be way too high of an asking price, so I think you're looking maybe at a Sherratt or a Giordano that could slot in effortlessly. 
Um, I would really like that for the club. I think that would help the, t- the depth. I think it would also help insulate Miko Mikola. If you get to playoffs and Mikola just isn't able to perform up to what you expect, you can move him down in the lineup if necessary. You can factor in those more experienced shutdown defensemen that can still move the puck. Let's not forget Gi- Giordano led the league in de-scoring a couple of years ago, was a Norris winner. He can still play. So I think there's options out there for GM Doug Armstrong. It's just going to be at what price and who's the best fit on the back end. Final question that I've got for you, Mike. Who would you start in net tomorrow night? I thought for sure when, when the Blues were up late in that game last night, I was like, oh, you just you go back to Ville Husso because he played an outstanding game. He was the one that was able to keep you in it, and you were able to get the win, and he, he really kind of pulled that one out for you. Then they lose, and I was like, I, I don't know. Maybe you do go back to Jordan Bennington and see if he can get you going against Toronto. What would you do in net tomorrow night? Well, here's the things that are play. It's in Toronto. Where's Jordan Bennington from? That's right. Toronto. Yep. So, you know, you have that factored in, but I'm not sure how much the sentimentality of things are going to go into Craig Berube's decision on who starts. And right now, it's Billy Huso's net. And I think a perfect opportunity for Bennington to play comes up in the next three games afterwards. You've got Philly, Buffalo, Chicago. You can let Bennington play any of those games. You can hope that he grabs some confidence in those games, maybe even play two in a row. I think this is an opportunity again for Huso tomorrow night. I think when you're going against one of the best teams in the league, you're going to have to play your best goaltender. I didn't mind his game last night. I thought Huso was good. I couldn't fault him for uh, either of the goals that ended up going in in the last well, minute, minute and a half of the game as quickly as that was over. Um, I think you run him again, especially because travel's easy. Ottawa to Montreal to Toronto, that's not difficult travel. I think you play Huso tomorrow night. And then I think over the next week, that's your chance. You get Bennington in, whether it's one or two games out of those next three. I'd love to see him play against Philly. Uh, and then either the Buffalo or the Chicago game. Give Huso a little bit of a rest there, too. I think it would work well that way. He's Mike McKenna. Always appreciate him joining us on Fridays. Former NHL goalie, now an analyst for the Daily Faceoff. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike McKenna 56 Mike, we always enjoy having you on, man. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk with you again next week. Sounds good. Can't wait till next week. Happy Friday, everybody. Absolutely. Same to you. That's Mike McKenna joining us here on 101 ESPN.